Hello, everyone. Welcome to the PwC Tax Byte podcast series. And today we will talk about the just recently published, uh, just an, an hour ago published, the Fit for 55 package of the European Commission. My name is Peter Dre, director in the Brussels team, and I welcome to my virtual studio two people, Jean-Philippe van West, senior expert in European law, and Jean-Philippe is part of the Invent environmental tax group in PwC, and Stefan de Baats, senior counsel, an expert in international tax and transfer pricing. And together with uh, both of you, I would like to explore already a little bit the big package, and I say big because it's lots of pages of documents which have been uh, published by the European Commission today, and which all deal with transition to a green economy and uh, yeah, delivering the Green Deal, um, to say it with the words of the Commission. And the ambition is, 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 is important. Eh? So uh, reducing, cutting emissions by 55% by 2030 to realize a genuine net zero by 2050. A very ambitious goal. And Jean-Philippe, uh, let me start with a question to you. What has been announced today and were you surprised by the announcement? Uh, thank you, Peter, for that question, and, and hello, everyone. Um, this uh, the, this Fit for 55 package, uh, it's, it's yet again a very important evolution in uh, the area of taxation, but as well beyond that. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a much broader uh, evolution. Um, this this uh, this evolution and uh, this package was uh, expected, uh, so the uh, people dealing with this issue were already uh, looking forward to this communication uh, a lot, for a long time. Um, it is said to be the biggest legislative package uh, the Commission ever uh, presented, uh, so uh, illustrating as well its, its importance. Um, what we see is uh, what is in this package. Well, um, it contains uh, several measures, uh, several measures updating on the one hand uh, existing legislation on energy and climate, uh, together as well with new legislative uh, proposals but all uh, directed, uh, all the aim, uh, aiming at enabling the EU, uh, the European Union, to cut greenhouse gases emissions uh, by at least 55% by 2030. Um, what we will see here, there are several aspects dealing, several of these initiatives uh, deal with uh, taxes, but as well, several of his, these initiatives are not directly uh, related to taxes. What is important, however, is that uh, everyone, uh, me and you, but as well all companies, will be directly or indirectly impacted uh, by this package because we all uh, consume energy. Um, if you look as well at this package, there is as well a clear link, and then more from a tax perspective, there's a clear link with the communication of the European Commission uh, on business taxation uh, in the 21st century of the 18th of May 2021. And in this package, uh, the European Commission uh, put forward uh, its vision of uh, taxation in the 21st century. And in that document, uh, the already the Commission made the link with the 50, uh, Fit for 55 package. And it said that um, the, green, the taxes will play a key role in the realization of the Green Deal. And it announced a shift uh, towards more uh, behavioral taxes, such as uh, environmental taxes, and, uh, the, and, and more the introduction or the further continuation of, uh, um, of implementing the polluter pays principle. 
what is uh, important as well, if we look at uh, the Fit for 55 package, that it's only not about uh, taxing, but as well um, that there is a, a proposal to create a new fund um, that of which member states uh, can use uh, the revenues of this fund to compensate the cost of this transition to the most uh, vulnerable citizens. Because we all uh, remember uh, from a few years ago, uh, the, the Gia Jaune uh, manifestations that, uh, that were in France and, uh, and other countries. And that the, com uh, the European Commission has foresees as well that those uh, that need uh, the most vulnerable citizens will receive uh, support in this transition to a more uh, green economy. So thank you, Jean-Philippe, for giving us that introduction. And um, if I recall correctly, initially there was also an announcement that today, in addition to this uh, package uh, of uh, Green Deal, also a digital levy would be announced. But if I'm not mistaken, this has been postponed. That's right, eh? Indeed, correctly, Peter. So this uh, initially, initially, it was expected that the European Commission uh, would present its uh, proposal for the introduction of a digital levy uh, as well today. This was first uh, delayed uh, with one week. And now uh, earlier this week, uh, there was the statement that this uh, proposal would be even uh, postponed till the end of October. Why? Because there is, uh, there is a risk or some potential risk that this proposal of a digital levy would interfere with ongoing negotiations of uh, pillar one, pillar two, and uh, the change of, of the international tax uh, framework. Okay, so we'll definitely come back to that at a later stage than when we have news on that. Let's focus today on what has been proposed today. Um, and yeah, the listeners are all very much uh, interested in taxation uh, to a certain extent, Stefan. So let's focus on that part of the proposal. Um, what are the most important proposals from a tax perspective, according to you? Yeah, thank you, Peter, and thank you, Jean-Philippe. And let me focus on one of the most important pillars in the, the project here, which is the Carbon Border Adjustment Mechanism, or as we call it, the CBAM, which is also linked to the emission trading system. Now, the Fit for, first, the Fit for 55 project contains several measures and severe measures for enterprises to tackle climate change and reduce greenhouse gases. It is a very ambitious plan. That's something we can easily say. But in order to make the ambitious goals in the plan, enterprises have to make investments to reduce the greenhouse gases and become carbon neutral. Now, Europe is very severe, has very stringent rules. Other countries may not have such severe rules or such stringent rules. So. What CBAM actually does is assisting in reducing the greenhouse gases by 55% from, from 1999 levels by 2030. But at the same time, it needs to ensure the competitiveness of the European industry by not jeopardizing it by carbon leakages of other countries. So what the CBAM actually does is creating a level playing field is creating a level playing field to actually put European industry and non-European industry at the same level. So therefore, it is a key element in the European Green Deal 
to actually address the risk of these carbon leakages from other countries, for example, from importation into the European, uh, into the European market of products such as iron, steel, aluminum, cement, uh, electricity production, fertilizer, and, and so on. So when these imports from less stringent countries are actually being imported, they may become liable to the CBAM. So in a way, it is a kind of top-up to level out the lack, I would say, of, uh, let's call it a carbon tax. That's basically what it is. It's, it, it must be adjusted, of course, to comply with the World Trade Organization rules and other international rules. And already some countries have complained, for example, the US, China, Russia, Turkey, uh, South Africa, some, of, some examples that, uh, of countries that have, have complained. There will be a competent authority, the CBAM authority, that will look into the, uh, the CBAM. Uh, for example, giving the authorizations, uh, accrediting certain verifiers to see whether indeed the, the, the declarations are correct. Uh, the review of the CBAM declarations, uh, the sale, the repurchase, the cancellation of the of the CBAM certificates, all these will be done by that uh, by that CBAM authority. Uh, we have learned now that uh, it will apply from the 1st of January 2023. So, so I would say that's almost the day after tomorrow. But there's also a transitional period that is foreseen in the regulation. So this is a bit of the highlights now, which are, uh, I would say, amongst the, perhaps the most important pillar of the Green Deal of the European Union, Peter. But as I indicated, there's also a link with the energy taxation directive and perhaps Jean-Philippe you know a bit more about that. Indeed uh, an important uh, aspect of uh, of this uh, the fit for 55 package especially with uh, with respect to taxes is the proposed revision of the energy taxation directive. As you know we already have um, a directive since uh, 2003 uh, the energy taxation directive which sets which sets uh, minimum tax rates for energy products uh, like uh, heating uh, as well transport fuels and, and electricity of course this uh, the directive dates from 2003 and today we live in a different world and in several ways, this uh, directive, Energy Taxation Directive of 2003, is outdated um, and is uh, is no longer fit for purpose. To give a few uh, examples, well, on the one hand, um, the directive, uh, the, the minimum rates in this directive were never adjusted to uh, inflation. Um, another issue is that um, certain more uh, polluting energy resources, such as oil and gas, are taxed less than uh, than electricity and as such uh, the current version of the energy taxation directive uh, favors more polluting energy resources and actually gives uh, an incentive to use more polluting uh, energy resources um, therefore uh, this is no longer uh, this is not desired and therefore an update is needed of the 2003 version of the directive what is the idea behind it? Well, that, uh, the idea is to tax energy products and, and electricity based on how polluting they are. And in such a way, this would better reflect um, their environmental impact. Furthermore, 
some um, outdated uh, exemptions and, and, and reductions that are uh, still in the 2003 version of the directive uh, will be removed. So this is as well an uh, important uh, uh, evolution. Um, the directive, uh, the, re the revision is uh, foreseen to be implemented uh, in 2023. What of course here is important to take into account is that um, as we know, uh, revisions of direct directives in the field of taxation uh, need uh, require unanimity. And it, has, it remains to be seen whether this unanimity will be reached. Because um, already in the past, the Commission uh, uh, tried to uh, revise the directive, but without uh, success. However, if the Commission eh, or if Member States would uh, agree now on the revision of this uh, Energy Taxation Directive, this will have an important uh, impact. Of course, uh, certain industries uh, more than others, eh? so one can think of the, the energy sector, uh, the technology sector, which as well is highly relies on, on energy, uh, as well the transport sector, but as well as other all other uh, sectors will be impacted uh, by this uh, industry. And as well, the principle behind this is that uh, the polluter pays. As we know, uh, one one way to 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 realize this uh, the the shift towards a more green uh, economy is uh, is to make uh, to to uh, to introduce more taxes to shift behavior. But as well, there is of course another way as well, and that is to create incentives to pollute less. And uh, within uh, the EU, incentives uh, are always uh, if you say incentives that is always closely linked to the EU state aid rules. And Peter, I think as well, uh, in this area, important developments are ongoing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, uh, Jean-Philippe. And thank you for making that link because it's an important link you make. Um, uh, well, of course, today what is on the table are proposals for the Green Deal. But next to that, the Commission is also working on an update of the guideline on state aid for climate, environmental protection and energy. So um, for the listeners within Europe, there is a kind of a guideline, call it a framework within which member states can uh, operate to give incentives and subsidies and in, in relation to environmental protection. The current guideline is outdated. Eh? It, it's, it's doing a good job, but not good enough to realize the Green Deal. And that is why the Commission is working on an update of that guideline, which provides more and new techniques, state aid techniques, so uh, examples of incentives and subsidies that member states could uh, use to stimulate, uh, to give that additional push in the economy to make sure that the transition is realized. And um, what is in there, for instance, is a broader application of subsidies for green energy, windmills, solar panels, and so on for, for companies. Um, but equally, an, uh, a part on taxation. So when member states introduce taxes on uh, the environmental, on the according to the principle, the polluter pays, like you indicated, well, then uh, these taxes can be reduced for certain businesses that make additional investments and efforts to realize a more green uh, transition. So a lot of information is in that guideline. I'm sure we will talk about that in, in next uh, editions of this podcast. But it's an interesting link you make because the two go hand in hand, as you rightfully say. Um, yeah, thank you, uh, Jean-Philippe and Stéphane. So I noted down that this uh, uh, border adjustment mechanism and the, the energy uh, directive are two very important uh, developments also for the audience here. 
looking more from a tax angle, I think, to this development. So, so good to monitor this. Um, we already come to the end of this podcast. So my last question uh, is usually uh, to obtain your takeaways on this development in, in one, two minutes. And Stefan, I will start with you. What's your takeaway? Yeah, thanks, Peter. And well, green taxes, they, I would say their importance is considerably increasing. Um, traditionally, tax team focused more on corporate income tax, on VAT rules, but in particular now with this green deal, uh, the importance of green taxes is, is really rising. So more attention should indeed be paid to uh, to this to these kind of taxes. Um, we also have the environmental, social and governance reporting that is increasing, so the contribution to society. So there is, I would say, a larger role indeed uh, to be played by the by the tax teams, or at least influenced by the, by the tax teams. Also, there is the impact on intercompany pricing. Uh, think about uh, what if you have import of, of uh, raw materials with or without CBAM? So is it still possible to have comparability? Uh, or do we have comparability issues? What about benchmarking? Uh, can we price towards uh, customers? Or do we need to revise our pricing? So all these, these elements are important for also cross-charging of the green taxes. All these elements are, are important. Uh, also, there is the cost in when importing these, these products, uh, increase in compliance, because of course uh, you need to comply with, for example, the CBAM. So uh, more red tape coming on. So this would be from a first, from just on top of my head, from a first inkling, uh, some of the issues that might come onto us. I think Jean-Philippe, you also, also have something uh, to say. Indeed, Stefan, and, and I will be brief, eh? but my key takeaway is that, um, well, this Fit450, well, everyone, eh? Every, really everyone will be impacted by this 50, uh, Fit455 package. And uh, the key takeaway is that you should really map and uh, map how you will be impacted, eh? how your business will be impacted um, by, this, uh, by all these different uh, initiatives. Thank you very much for those interesting thoughts and, and, and your takeaways on this, uh, Jean-Philippe Stefan. Um, we come to the end of the podcast, so I thank you very much for sharing uh, your first thoughts, and I will let you go now so you can read the other hundreds of pages that have been published today. Um, thank you also to our listeners for tuning in for the first input on this uh, quite important development. Um, I would say subscribe to the podcast on Google, uh, Spotify, Apple, and you will always receive the latest update. Uh, and with that, uh, I thank everyone and uh, hope to see you again in the next edition.